0: Welcome to Good Enough Parenting, the place where not-so-perfect parents tune in to be reminded that our kids are gonna be okay, even if we don't always know what we're doing, are making a million mistakes, and trying new things. I'm Carly Aroldi, a family play therapist, childhood mental health expert, and good enough mom of two. I may be the expert in childhood mental health, but you are the expert on your kid. And by combining my practical, peaceful parenting tools with everything you already know about your child, you and your family will experience more calm, more connection, and more cooperation in your daily life. So let's throw out the idea of the perfect parent, and remember that our kids just need us to be good enough. Because if you don't feel like yelling at your kids sometimes, you're not spending enough time with them. Let's jump in. Welcome back to Good Enough Parenting. Today is a very exciting day because we are talking about limit setting, one of my favorite topics to discuss with families. And I like to say that limits are love. We need the ability to set clear and consistent and compassionate limits with our kids so that everybody feels good. It might feel sometimes like kids want to be in charge, that they want to have the power in the house and do whatever they want. But that's actually a really unsafe feeling for a kid. If a kid feels like they can do whatever they want anytime, it's scary and that there's no grown-up in charge, and that there's no one holding me accountable for my behavior. And that's actually going to lead to an escalation of bigger behavior and just general feelings of dis-ease. So for a parent, if we don't feel powerful enough to be able to set limits, we often feel taken advantage of, and then we feel angry, And then our kids sense us feeling angry and then their behavior escalates even further. So the ability to set clear, consistent, compassionate limits is essential to having a peaceful household. So how do we do it? So many parents struggle with this. I've struggled with it in the past. It's not always easy, but it's definitely a practice. So I'm going to give you my favorite technique for limit setting, It's called ACT Limit Setting. It comes from Dr. Gary Landreth, who is the founder of the Center for Play Therapy. He's basically like a god in the play therapy world. So this comes directly from his work, but it is the most powerful intervention to get people on track with limit setting in their house. And this is what it looks like. There's three parts to it. The A is acknowledgement. It might be acknowledgement of how a child feels. It might be acknowledgement of what the child wants but we always start with acknowledging the child first and that's because it builds our connection. If a child senses that we understand what they're feeling or what they're wanting, they feel validated and then they can relax a little bit and then they can follow our limits more easily. So the A is for acknowledgement. And that's a crucial step that many parents miss. They go right to the limit setting without acknowledging what the kid wants, but that's the most crucial, important piece. Then the C is communicating the limit. And that we want to do really clearly, really briefly, 10 words or less. Parents often get caught in this reasoning and over-explanation of, well, I can't give you the cookie before dinner because if I give you the cookie before dinner, then you're not going to eat your dinner and then you're not going to get the vitamins you need to keep your bones strong. And if you don't have strong bones, you're not going to be able to play in gym and no. It is really short. It is 10 minutes or less. So acknowledgement, communicate the limit. And then the T is two alternatives. And these are really important because when we give our kid alternatives after we set a limit, it empowers them. It makes them feel like, oh, I'm making a choice in this, not just mom's telling me what to do or dad's telling me what to do. It's, oh, this is a choice that I can make in this moment. And then when kids feel empowered, they're going to behave better. So let's illustrate what this might look like in practice. So let's say it's time to brush teeth for the end of the night. Okay, guys, come on upstairs. Time to go brush your teeth. No, I'm in the middle of playing. I just built this Lego. Uh, My dolls, I just got my dolls all dressed to play. Whatever it might look like. So this is not part of ACT, but it's part of Carly's limits. And that is you're gonna pause first. When you hear that resistance in your kid's voice, when you hear them pushing back on you, you're going to take a pause for yourself because if you start to get activated, if you start to get triggered, you're going to go into more of a primal brain space and you're not going to be able to think clearly and logically. And your kid's going to sense that and they're going to escalate too. So you hear resistance, you pause for yourself. I physically put my hand on my chest, I take a breath. Sometimes I even whisper to myself, You're safe because I'm reminding my body it doesn't need to get escalated by my child's resistance or my child's behavior. So the pause comes before the ACT. But we say, come on guys, time to go upstairs and brush teeth. No, I don't want to. The A is the acknowledgement. I know you don't really want to go upstairs right now. I know you're having fun playing, whatever it might be. I know you just got your dolls dressed. Oh, I know you're feeling frustrated. So you're acknowledging what they feel or what they want. Then the C is communicating the limit, but it's time to brush teeth. And we don't say, if we didn't brush our teeth, then we're going to get a cavity and then we have to get it filled. Remember, a clear, brief limit. I know you don't want to go upstairs, but it's time to brush your teeth. Then the two alternatives. Do you want to race up the stairs or do you want me to give you a piggyback? Again, that two alternatives then gives the kid a chance To, number one, get playful if we can make it a playful experience, but then also be empowered to make a choice for themselves. I know you don't want to go upstairs right now, but it's time to brush teeth. Should we slither like snakes up the stairs or should we hop like kangaroos? That's helping them become playful enough to make the choice with you. So sometimes this works exactly as is. I would say it works for us about 50% of the time. But of course, there are going to be moments where your kid is pushing back. So that's where the alternatives kind of change. So if they say, I don't care, I don't want to do any of that, I'm not brushing my teeth. Oh, you really don't want to brush your teeth right now. There's the acknowledgement, but it is time to go upstairs. There's the limit. You can choose to go upstairs now and we'll have a book to read, or you can choose to not, and then we're not going to read any books. So now we're starting to change the limit, right? Now we're starting to say, hey, there's consequences to not following me right now. And that typically provides enough motivation to get a kid upstairs. So that's limit setting you might use to start a behavior. But what if you want to stop a behavior? Like what if your kid's smacking at a sibling or smacking at you or something that you want to stop? How do we set a limit to get that behavior to stop? We're going to use the same ACT. The A, oh, you're feeling really frustrated right now, or you're so angry right now. Again, you're joining their world, you're letting them know, I see you, I hear you, I'm validating you. You're so frustrated, but we don't hit. You can rip up this magazine, or you can punch this pillow, right? Really clear alternatives. You can squeeze me as tight as you want, or you can go outside and kick the ball, right? Giving them alternatives for getting some of this energy out. Then if they keep doing the behavior that you're trying to limit, Again, you're going to shift it again. Oh, you're feeling so frustrated right now, but it's not okay to hit. You can choose to be gentle and stay in this room, or you can choose to hit again, and then we're going to take a break. Take a break might be head to your room. Take a break might be go somewhere else, whatever it looks like in your family. So the idea is you can always change the alternatives if you're getting resistance. So the more you practice ACT limit setting, the more the child will understand that they're being spoken to consistently and also compassionately, and then they're going to be more likely to shift their behavior because they felt validated by you, you've been clear with them, and they understand what the consequences are of not following limits. So I hope that was helpful. I hope ACT is a powerful tool in your parenting toolbox. And I'd love to hear more about how this might work for you. Or if you have questions about it, shoot me a DM, Carly counsels at Facebook and on Instagram. Happy to clarify or explain how ACT limit setting might be powerful for something you're struggling with. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Good Enough Parenting. If you'd like to learn four simple play therapy techniques you can use at home today to create more calm in your family life, go to paceparent.com forward slash play to get a free video where I'll teach them to you. And you could always hear more from me at Carly Councils on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend, a sister, a spouse, any parent who could use a reminder that our kids don't need us to be perfect, just good enough. Until next time.